Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Could the food you're eating be the reason why you're in a pissy mood? Is it true that you've got to go to a therapist or do a bunch of meditation in order to get out of your funk? And are you falling into the trap of the personal development jackass, stressing out about what to eat and how to exercise? Bulletproof executive and biohacking badass Dave Asprey is here. He's going to tell you what he learned from being fat and pissed off to then spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to upgrade his brain, body, and life. Welcome to The New Man. Today we're talking with Dave Asprey. He is the, well, you introduce yourself because you've, you've got some you got some good stuff here, Dave. Go with it. Who are you? Tell us who you are. Tell us what you've done. Oh, thanks, Trip. I'm a Silicon Valley executive by background. I lost 100 pounds, raised my IQ substantially using several different techniques uh, that I talk about on the blog. Uh, my blog, The Bulletproof Executive, uh, has become pretty popular, about a million people a month. The podcast, The Bulletproof Executive Radio, is number one ranked on iTunes in the health category much of the time. And it's the first blog, or sorry, the first podcast to unseat Julian Michaels. So the first high fat one that unseated one of those calories in, calories out, work yourself out and cry because you can't have Cheetos kind of diets. <laughs> so there, Julian, take that. <laughs> <laughs> but we love you, Jillian. Just not as much as we love bacon. <laughs> we talked about bacon the last time we, uh, we, we chatted. How's your bacon intake these days? You know, my bacon is rocking it. I've been making my own bacon from heritage breed pastured pigs. I teach my kids how to cure bacon with me, and they talk about all the ingredients, and, and they sort of fight over who gets to get the cracklins. And uh, I have a bacon scarf. That one of my buddies, you know, Abel James from the Fat Burning Man show, sent me this present. It's like a hand knitted scarf that looks like a piece of bacon. So I'm I'm rocking the bacon. Now is that for survival? You get you know your car breaks down, you get stuck in ice, and at least you can just eat your scarf and you, until the until the authorities can find you. I think it's made out of like wool or something, so you'd have to boil it first. <laughs> but it looks cool anyway. Right. Well, uh, you have done a lot. You like you said, you lost a hundred pounds. You raised your IQ by twenty points. I, I'm interested in the you know getting healthier by sleeping less. 
Uh, you spent a ton of money, $300,000 on biohacking. So I, I got to know, like, who was the before, Dave? Paint that picture. What, is that, what does that life look like? Well, it, it's kind of a funny thing. If you want to upgrade everything, especially your intelligence, most of the challenge there is getting out of your own way. And you can get out of your own way biochemically, but a lot of it's like emotional and even spiritual kind of work. I was a pretty angry guy when I was young. I was fat. Uh, I was inflamed because I have a sensitivity to gluten. And it turns out through extensive biohacking, I also can show lots of different genetic and immune things that stem from exposure to toxic mold in a couple houses where I used to live. It turns out a third of the population in the US is prone to having the same kind of sensitivity that can really like mess you up. And it turns on autoimmunity. So once I figured out that I could get rid of these sorts of conditions and that I could perform at these amazing levels, I still had lots of anger. So <laughs> <laughs> So in your in your worldview at that time, though, what was you know, because we're always like, well, this is what's wrong. This is the problem. What were you telling yourself? that this is why I'm angry, this is why I'm overweight, this is why I'm not happy. Anyone who's fat knows they're fat, but if you believe the crap that's out there, the reason that you're fat is because you're not good enough. It's because you didn't try hard enough. That's what, kind of why I picked on Jillian Michaels there. It, you believe that it's a matter of willpower, which is a total lie. We've just proven willpower is a finite reserve. And if you're fat, you probably have more willpower than a thin person. Because you are training your willpower. Every day you say no to bagels a thousand times inside your head before you say yes. And that might have happened in five minutes of a bagel sitting in front of you because the bagel's screaming to your biology saying, eat me, you're starving, eat me, you're starving. And every time you get that urge, you say no. You say no until you're out of the ability to resist an urge. That's not because you're weak. That's because you're a human. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, it's because I'm not good enough. Let me work out six days a week, an hour and a half a day. Let me cut my calories. Let me cut my fat. And what did I do? I triggered autoimmune conditions and I got sicker and I didn't lose any weight. And that just pissed you off even more. Oh, exactly. And it makes you really question, you know, your competence. So I, I see this all the time in people. They break their adrenal glands and their thyroid because they're trying so desperately to lose weight. And when those break, your amount of willpower goes down because your resilience goes down. So I had to hack all this. But end of the day, when I got my energy back, I'm like, I still have road rage. I'm still pissed off at people. You know, I, I'm still annoyed <laughs> at the world. And and honestly, my worldview is that, you know, the, wor the world isn't a very friendly place. People don't want to help you. And, you know, it's every man for himself. It doesn't work. Like, <laughs> that's, that's not why I started the Bulletproof Executive. I literally started it because it's not fair that I got to spend $300,000 upgrading myself. I got to do that because I made $6 million when I was 26 in the dot-com boom. I worked for the company that you could argue created modern cloud computing company called Exodus Communications. So for a little while I was set. What people never hear, and they probably won't hear this either, is that when I was 28, two years after I made my six million, at least on paper, the company went bankrupt. And like, I lost the money. Everyone in Silicon Valley lost their money for the most part. So I briefly had this burst of success, um, but I've been working for 20 years at a, you know, as an entrepreneur uh, at a bunch of different kind of vice president level jobs at different tech companies, startups, and, and just doing stuff that makes the internet go. Three years ago, I started writing uh, for the Bulletproof Executive while I was working full time. And I just wanted to give back because there's so many like like 16 year old kids who are going through what I went through and they're getting bad advice and they're suffering. And I'm like, maybe some people will just benefit from this money I spent and like my own path. And it turns out it's helped like tens of thousands of people. Yeah. If I'm this guy listening out there and I'm pissed or there's something that's missing in my life, you know, I, I love to uncover that 
turning point, that place where we make the shift. And so you were trying lots of things, but they weren't working. I'd love to hear, like, what was the light bulb moment for you? It was after I'd had two knee surgeries. So I'm, I don't know, 22 or something. You're 22 and you're already having your knees replaced. I had arthritis when I was 14 in my knees and I didn't have them replaced. They were just repair jobs. Mm -hmm. So I had, uh, I'd done one, which is called a lateral release because my, I would just walk. I was in college, you know, trying to date and I'm this fat kid in computer science, which means my chances of dating were about zero since there were no girls in my classes except like two. Um, (laughs) And they were already taken, darn it. (laughs) But I mean, this is back before girl geeks were cool. So uh, by the way, I love girl geeks. So I was, I would walk and my leg would fold sideways. My kneecap would just dislocate and I would fall over. And I, because I'd done judo before that, I would just do like a rolling flip and stand back up like nothing happened and like dust myself off. And it was ridiculous, but it was happening like 10 times a day. So I'm like, I got to get this fixed. Wow. So, and this stemmed from being overweight or, or the arthritis both? Well, I've had flat feet since I was a kid because my functional movement patterns were off. All right. So I'm still, I'm kind of annoyed to be honest. The surgeons who did the work on my leg, like, oh, we can fix that. So they they put a screw in my knee. They moved over uh, the the ligament attachment point on the front of the knee so that my kneecap would stop doing that. The problem is they made my leg crooked, which turned off my hip, which gave me upper back pain. So I've had like muscular and back pain for a long time because for me to stand properly, which I can do now, my leg is shaped wrong to do that. So I'm like, if only someone had just said, you know, why don't we turn off your inflammation, get rid of gluten, add some glucosamine. And then teach you how to walk like an adult instead of a baby who didn't crawl enough because he was too busy reading at 18 months. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, but, it, it be, but then you would have missed out. But you would have missed out doing the Dick Van Dyke move when at the beginning of the show where he does that flip and he stands right back up. You would have missed out on all that. I, I would have, but I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm okay on that. <laughs> all right. So the turning point. You're 22. You'd had knee surgery. Walk us out from there. At that point, I said, I'm. I'm never going to let this happen again. 18 months. I worked out six days a week, rain or shine, whether I was sick or not. Half weights, half cardio. The cardio was 15 degree degree treadmill, carrying a backpack, going uphill fast. Wow. And I'm like, all right, I haven't lost any weight, but I must be strong enough because I never want to have knee surgery again. I must be strong enough. The first time I went to do anything fun, it was laser tag. And I twisted, blew my ACL and went back in for surgery. And I was like, so disheartened. I've, I've been eating right. I've been just hitting it. I'm so strong and I'm still fat and I can't even walk. And, and they went in and you know did all sorts of other stuff to my knee. And that really just made me go, wait a minute, how is it possible that I could do everything that they told me and, and it just didn't work? And I thought it was because I was weak or I didn't try hard enough or you know maybe I ate one extra low-fat muffin I shouldn't have eaten or something. Well, this and, is like that idea of if I'm doing what the conventional wisdom is, and I yeah. use wisdom in air quotes there, and, something, and I'm still hurting, I'm still in pain, I'm still getting injured, then there must be something wrong with who I am and, and how I'm doing it. Uh, there absolutely, absolutely is that kind of thinking that's inside you. And I, I just was sitting at this coffee shop and I saw this weightlifter magazine. And this was like early, early 90s. And I would like went to high school in a small farm town in Central Valley called uh, Manteca, uh, which is actually the Spanish word for lard, believe it or not. And <laughs> okay. 
So I, I'm there, and I honestly thought that in order to like read one of those bodybuilding magazines, you probably had to be like a little bit gay. Uh, and at the time in the early '90s, like that was not something in a small town in Central California that you know I'm sure we had lots of gay people, but there wasn't a lot of people who were gay and, and out at the time. And so I was like, Is it, is it felt, just because I'm picturing guys in little small mankinis now? Is that making know, me gay? Is that what I you're trying to? No, it wasn't. I wasn't worried about you know being gay and you know, or straight or whatever else. Like I, I you know, I. I have no problem with being gay. I honestly just didn't think that a normal guy would look at a weightlifting magazine because especially at the time it was like extreme muscles and tiny little bikinis with like too much tan. And I just, I couldn't connect with that. Right. Right. And I'm like, okay, that's just not me. And like the guys who look at that must really like to look at naked guys. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't really have a for themselves. For right. <laughs> yeah. Like it just, it didn't connect with me and um, yeah, I'm comfortable with my sexuality and all that, but it was just, it was a weird thing. And I admit I was, you know, totally not, not getting it being kind of a young redneck. So I picked up the magazine anyway. And the reason I did is it said, you know, get six pack abs. And this guy had this crazy thing. I wish I remembered his name. I thank him for writing the article. And it was like, fruit makes you fat. Carbs make you fat. Wheat makes you fat. So the next day I'm like, I just, I'll eat less fruit. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I had orange juice and cottage cheese, but I cranked up my protein, kind of sort of cranked up some fat and dropped wheat. I didn't know it, but my personality changed and I lost 50 pounds in three months. What like, changed oh about your personality? I, I was much less angry. An inflamed brain is entirely reptilian. Like your brain is amazing. It gracefully degrades. So if your brain works and it's not inflamed and it has all the fuel it needs, all the oxygen it needs, your mitochondria are working great, your prefrontal cortex is active and the human adult part of your brain is in charge. But when you're low on energy, or you're being poisoned, or eating toxins, or you're sick, or your adrenals are out, or your thyroid's out, or things that affect energy are out, you degrade to your mammal brain, which is, I kind of call it the Labrador brain in some of the lectures that I give. And if you think what a Labrador does, there's three big things. If, you know, if you're a dog person, this is like the big floppy drooling dog. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, look, there's a stick. I'll go chase it. So there's your distractibility, you know, your ADD, can't pay attention. And then oh, look, you know, a piece of cat poop, I'll go eat it. So there's the part of you that'll eat anything, even if you know you shouldn't eat it, but right. it doesn't matter, right? And the third thing is, oh, look, there's a leg, I'll go hump it. So there, <laughs> we've got three behaviors that basically encompass what gets us in trouble 90% of the time. Yeah. So if, if your brain isn't fueled right, you will default from high power human brain to Labrador brain. And if that isn't even very well fueled, you go even back down into more of the reptilian survival brain, which is like everything's a threat must survive. Right, right. Right. So I spent a lot of my life in the everything's a threat must survive feeling like I was starving because my brain was inflamed because I was eating foods and being exposed to things in the environment that triggered that. And I didn't know it and no one ever told me. It it's didn't a, matter what I ate. I was going to be fat. Well, it's so it's such a big deal because so many guys, especially guys that listen to this show, are they're they're realizing they've got this interior world, right? That they've they've got feelings. They want they've got passion. They are they're wanting to find passion. They're wanting to feel different about their life. And if they're not understanding what drives those feelings, they may look at the story of their life, right? Oh, I'm the reason why I'm pissed off is because I'm overweight and I'm a loser, da 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 da. But you're saying there's this whole other aspect, which is there's just the the mechanism of the brain that 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 governs how you feel. And you're saying if that's not getting the right nutrients, uh, the right proteins, et cetera, et cetera, it's going to throw you off, and and you will live like a like a like a damn fish in the aquarium. It's the water you're swimming in that says my life sucks, I suck, I'm a loser. When in actuality, it might just be something that's off in the brain. Is that what you're saying? Yep. 
Yeah, okay. If you don't have your hardware running and fueled properly, it doesn't matter how much meditation or awareness work you want to do. It doesn't matter how many retreats you go on, how much yoga you do. You are still going to have a hard time focusing and you're going to have a hard time maintaining an adult level of control over the natural, normal, emotional impulses that your meat operating system is going to make you think are part of your consciousness. You're still going to be scared. You're still going to be pissed off. You're still yeah. going to be a dick. It's too. a question. What do you do about it? So like, you know, every day, even after I've done like this 40 years of Zen training and all, uh, every now and then I'm like, oh, there's a feeling in my chest. What is that? It's, you know, apprehension, it's fear, it's anger, whatever. But I have enough metabolic energy in my brain to be able to turn that turn that off and say, all right, it's there, but I'm not going to believe that that's me. I'm not going to believe it's the other person acting towards me. In fact, I don't think anything anyone does is, is about me. It's, it's always about them. I'm not going to so, get hijacked by it. I'm not going to let that yeah. become the story of my life. Exactly. And is this a, what do you think it's a one size fits all? I think that's one of the dangers of this kind of world, especially when it comes to health, uh, nutrition and all these diets that come and go is that it can be this one size fits all. There's an expectation. Do you, do you think you've found and tweaked what works best for you? And then it's, it's the person's responsibility to figure out what works best for them, or do you think that you've unlocked the way? What, what What's your version of that? I call myself a biohacker, and the term has really caught on. Like I, I have even a bunch of physician friends who talk about what they're doing with patients as biohacking, because it's really empowering. You are hacking your biology. You're hacking your software, your emotional regulatory states. They're trainable. They're teachable. And what you do in the world around you and what you do and what you allow into your body change your genetic expression, they change how you think, they change how you feel, they change the dilation of your eyes, your oxygen levels, they change how much micro sweat is on your skin, they change your brain waves. So you can control these things and you have this huge level of control you didn't know about. So if you have the control to even know it works, you have to have some monitoring. So what I suggest to people is I can put you 80% of the way there. The Bulletproof Diet, by the way, this is an obvious plug, but it's free. If you want to get the Bulletproof Diet, the download is at bulletproofdietbook.com. Just go there and we'll send it to you. And this is my many years attempts at identifying the fats that don't cause inflammation and benefit you and the ones that make you fat. The same thing for protein and starches. And it's in the same sphere as paleo. It didn't evolve from paleo. But it, it's worth looking at something like that. And then what you want to do is you want to say, all right, what's working for me? And there's an app. It's called FoodSense. It's also free. So I'm not trying to get money here. <laughs> FoodSense is, uh, I think, one of the most important types of things you can possibly have if you want to be able to pay more attention in your day. What does it do? Why, why you kind of spell what, it out sure. for us? What it does is it uses your heart rate. It'll get it from the back of your iPhone. And you know it shines the, the light through your thumb to get your heart rate. But you tell it when you wake up, you tell your heart rate. And you look at your heart rate before and after you eat. And there's a little known phenomena that says if you eat a food that you're sensitive or allergic to, that your heart rate will go up by 16 beats per minute in the next 90 minutes after you eat. So what this is, is it's a kryptonite detector. So you may be on the Bulletproof diet and you may be eating eggs. Eggs are a common allergen. They're an amazing food if you're not allergic to them. Yeah. But you're not going to know you're allergic to them without a blood test or unless you get hives or something very obvious. So now you have a meal, you eat, you write down what you ate. I had broccoli and I had eggs, right? Well, okay. If after that meal, your heart rate goes up like this, the app tells you something in that meal was kryptonite. And then next time you try just broccoli or just eggs. And pretty soon you're like, okay, I figured it out. I'm going to cut this out for a week. And your brain turns on again. 
because you had chronic low-level inflammation. Everyone listening to this has at least one food that is going to be a form of kryptonite for them. You may be that one in a million people who has like almost no food allergies. There's still some foods that just don't sit well with your system. But for the vast majority of people, you do this and you'll be like, wow, I really didn't understand that cashews totally ruined my day. And when I have cashews, I get mad at my wife or at my kids or I hate my boss or I get road rage. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> but that is how we work. Well, I don't, I don't think that guys, I, I'm with you. I don't think that a lot of people give the food that they're putting in their body that much weight. They're pretty mindless about what they eat. They don't think about, they don't actually feel into their hunger and say, yeah, what does my body want? They're not, uh, and so it's just like, get, they just grab something to throw into their belly so they don't feel uncomfortable anymore. And it's kind of a, a certain way that people can live too, is just like whatever I have to do to make sure I don't feel uncomfortable anymore. Instead of orienting their life around, hey, this is what actually has me feel stronger and I eliminate the things that weaken me, that are kryptonite. So I love that you're, you're talking about this process because we can do it with food, we could do it with relationships, we could do it with people, we could do it with all kinds of, of things that in our lives, um, but it takes that level of diligence and that willingness instead of acting like we're powerless to it and we don't, not, we don't have any idea that this is going on. So I love that you said that everyone has some aspect of this and then it's your personal responsibility to figure it out instead of you know just pointing the finger at like, well, my life sucks and I feel like shit and that's just the way it is. Yeah, and you know, when, once you get your, your kryptonite that affects your physical body out of the way, then it gets a little bit more difficult. But a lot of people try and skip to, I'm gonna deal with my emotional issues, but they're like eating you know, pizza. <laughs> and it has like 14 things in it that trash their brain. Right. And they're like, I'm really trying to work on my consciousness, but it doesn't work. I'm like, well, yeah, there's a reason. So you get like a baseline level of neurological health and immune system health. And then you can start you know, playing whack-a-mole with the emotions that aren't serving you. And that is something that you can also do with biohacking. And in order to do that, that's much more individualized because everyone had different parents, everyone had different experiences and life conditions. But the model that's most important to understand here is that you have a meat operating system in your body. It keeps like the, your flesh alive. And it's the same kind of thing that the Labrador or a deer has. And if you ever see like a deer in the forest, you step on a, a stick, you make a noise, the deer freezes. You make another noise, the deer runs away. It doesn't think, should I run away? What would the best thing to do? It's an immediate life-saving reaction. What would my friends think if I ran away? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Does my butt look big when I run away? Oh, well, I, I'll, I'll put this on Facebook that I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But like we have those same meat operating system rules. And what they are is unthinking rules to keep you from dying, like from tigers eating you and stuff like that. So if you're in a boardroom... And, you know, the CEO comes in and he looks like someone who was mean to you when you were three years old. You're going to get the, the automated response that says run away or kill it. Right. Right. And if you are not aware that your body just did that to you, it hijacked your brain. And there's a way to train yourself to be aware of it. Then you're going to sit there and just like feel uncomfortable and probably be a dick. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's just that your rules to keep you from dying don't serve you in a world full of adults. Yeah. So those rules were before you were seven, largely, unless you've had like a car accident or some kind of major trauma later in life. And people, people who are like incredibly tough, you know, they get, they get these same responses. It doesn't matter like how strong or weak or successful you are. There's lots of CEOs with anxiety and panic attacks 
they just don't tell you. Well, I, mean, I think I, that's the big myth out there is that the people that are doing the thing that I want to do, but I think I'm unable to do, they don't have these experiences that I have, but it's it's that we've been able to train ourselves and to and to train ourselves, even though I have this going on, I can I can choose a different response. I mean, Tripp, I'll, I'll tell you the first time uh, I got uh, I got divorced. Uh, the only time I, I got divorced. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say how many we how, what, yeah, what number are we on? Okay, yeah, it, uh, it's kind of like counting world wars with numbers is a bad a bad token. Uh, so <laughs> the only time I've been divorced, I was uh, a lot younger. Uh, this was I don't know a while back, but I walked into my boss and I said I need to take off ten days, uh, and he's like, "Why?" And I'm like, "It's for family stuff." And he's like, just with no notice. And I just looked at him. I'm like, I'm getting divorced. And he was like, Jesus Christ, Dave. Like, how 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 long has this been going on? How could you not tell me? Mm. The thing is, he, no one I worked with, my closest friends, had no clue because, like, of the level of like like defendedness that I have. I'm like, you know, I I don't want to appear weak, so I'm just gonna like put one foot in front of the other, and I'm just gonna you know bear the load. And like, part of this whole thing is, if you believe it's a matter of survival to do that you will do that even if it's breaking you yeah. and so i just reached the point where i'm like i need to like step back and take some time off and and so i did and you know did some personal growth stuff uh, that was really beneficial for me because i started to realize oh wow there is a meat operating system and look how it's basically screwed up many of my behaviors so well, i'm glad you brought that up because the, the scripts that we can get culturally or whatever just even with our within our own selves i don't want to appear weak and um because that's dangerous but yeah. uh, is that at some point we we stop paying attention to the system and realize that that approach is what's hurting us, it's killing us, and it's right. or it's making us weaker. And instead of listening and saying, "Hey, you know what? What do I need? Oh, I need some time off. I need to take a break, et cetera, et cetera." And that's why I write the Bulletproof Executive. That's why it's called Bulletproof because everybody wants to be bulletproof. You know, you want to be invincible, but at the end of the day, bulletproof does not mean invincible. It means resilient. And resilience is way more bulletproof. So you're like, yeah, bullet went through me, whatever. <laughs> it didn't hurt. It's much better than I'm carrying 75 pounds of, you know, of armor on me in case a bullet hits me. Uh, and then it'll still probably knock me over. And it's just, it's going to be an enormous effort. And I'm I found defended. for me. Yeah, I'm walking yeah. through the world fully defended. And I'm not really able to be impacted by things. Right. And positively. Here's the, here's the problem. If you are not able to be impacted by things, you're not able to have an impact. And that's how it comes down to Say it. that again, man, because that is the hallelujah right there. Say that again. If you are not able to be impacted by things, then you're not able to have an impact. Praise God. There it is. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> uh, and I, I honestly think the growth of the Bulletproof site, I mean, three years ago, it was nothing. And like we're in the top 4,500 sites in the US right now. I'm, I'm so grateful for that. But I, I believe that my impact on people and the emails I get every day from people, you know, like their, their teenagers lost a whole bunch of weight and like became a students after they quit eating stuff that was bad for them, stuff like that. And like, I've touched a lot of lives and I'm, I, I'm just so grateful for it. And I think it's because I learned to get out of my own way and I learned to be less defended that I was able to communicate more effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And, in, 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 you know, we have to get out of our own way to actually be able to receive that because you could still be operating from that place of, I'm not enough. You can still be that fat kid trapped in your your biohacked body that just says, no, it's not enough and not enough. I, I, and I want to bring that up because I think there's a shadow side to this. I, I'm a recovering personal development jackass, which means that <laughs> <laughs> when, it's when we're doing this work and whether it's biohacking or whatever it is, it's this only focusing on what could be improved and kind of not embracing or appreciating all the good stuff that's already there. And I, I meet a lot of people that do this. 
just basically from running in the same, you know, in these in the circles that we're in, it's just so easy to be looking at what I'm not doing enough. And so, I'm a little while ago when we were talking, you talked about this, how the diet brings us 80% there. And so, if we could just play with that number, because I think some of us lose perspective in this arena. So it's like, all right, I can have a kale shake or I can go through the drive-through at some shit house and eat a, eat a disaster. Uh, obviously better to have a kale shake. But then I was reading on your site like, oh, I've got to steam the, the kale or I've got to cook it somehow before I have it. You know, but the, that guy that, that is like in between those two, like he can't differentiate the kale shake from the shit house burger that he went through the drive-through. So I, I'm just wondering like when we talk about upgrading at that level, it, do, you, do you find that it's easy to kind of go off the rails trying to make a, a one, two, three, four, five percent difference? You know, the pursuit of perfection, uh, what's that quote? The pursuit of perfection is the root of all cauliflower. I don't remember what it is, but uh, it, it, it's some kind of a thing like that. So the idea of pursuing perfection is destructive because it's asymptotic. You can never get the perfect steak. Well, it just stresses right? you out too. It's it, just, it totally just creates more stress. Yeah. And it's like, it's like it, okay, this is funny. Um, there's some things my kids know. They, they have my genes. They're sensitive to mold toxins. When they eat food that's, that's off, they feel like crap. And they start to misbehave and they don't like it. So my, my son is four. You know, his teacher goes, do you want a piece of apple, Alan? And he goes, is it organic? And she says, yes. <laughs> and he goes, is it moldy? And she says, no. He says, okay, I'll have it. <laughs> okay. So, I, I, pardon me. I'm is like, it sustainable? Oh. Uh, exactly. is it? <laughs> what, was it picked by one of our monks? Right? Is it, is so, it, is it uh, diamond free, diamond friendly? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Is, is it a, a blood apple? <laughs> <laughs> So otherwise, if it's a blood apple, I break out in hives, you know, so. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. He knows that if it wasn't organic, he, he could eat it if like there was no other apple and we were hungry and whatever else. But he knows organic is better. And, you know, since he had a choice and he wasn't that hungry. Um, but he also knows that if he eats an apple that has a bunch of brown spots on it, you know, that's been sitting around for a long time, that he's not going to feel good. So he knows it's kryptonite, even though he's four and he just doesn't want to do it. How do you deal with this personally, like in your own, because you have so much information, I can imagine it can drive you nuts. Where's the best? Where's the optimal? Where's this, this kind well, of maximizer? It, like, how do you handle that? It, well, I, I actually know that there's a, a line where like, okay, I can eat that and I'll feel okay. I can eat that and I'll feel amazing and it'll rock my day. And I can eat that and it's going to like, make me tired and and just like make me feel weak and make me cranky and i have a very high demand on my time right now um you know, there's a, a line of people who are signed up for my executive coaching i have the the website with lots of research and writing and you know bulletproof coffee uh you know we make real coffee and we make the brain octane oil and stuff like that so i am like a ceo and a dad of two young kids and a husband and a you know father and just all this stuff. So I don't want to have two hours of downtime because I ate the stuff that make this kryptonite to me. And I have more kryptonite than the average person because I've lived in a couple of houses with toxic mold and because I have the genes that make autoimmune conditions happen from that. Well, I so, think that I think that what yeah. you're you're outlining here, Dave, is that yours is more intrinsically motivated. And where I see what I see in the personal development jackass, it, in, intrinsically motivated meaning like, wait, it doesn't do me any good to eat something that's gonna knock me out for the afternoon. Yeah. And whereas the personal development jackass is the guy that's, he's, ex, he's extrinsically motivated. What should I do? What are the rules? Yeah. I'm trying to get it right as if there's some, you know, place where he's going to get a blue ribbon for living a certain yeah. way. And, and that's what stresses us out. But he's not connected to his actual experience because if he was, he'd be like, well, I feel okay eating this anyway. It, it's such a fine line. And 
the reason that the Bulletproof diet is laid out the way it is as a spectrum from like, this is better than this and this is better than this. And it, there's warnings all over the place. Even my first book called The Better Baby Book, it's, you know, what do you do before and during pregnancy to have better genes and, and healthier kids? And it, it, there's like 1,300 references. It took me five years to write the book, and it's what I did for my own kids. And I damn well tried to identify perfection given everything we know. And every chapter starts and ends with the same thing. Please don't try and pursue perfection because stress will make your pregnancy worse. Just stress is know. the worst thing, right? Yeah, but every time you sit down at a menu, you're going to make a choice. If now you have a roadmap that tells you, you know what, make choices more in this direction, less in this direction, all, all you have to do is make one better choice. And so if you were going to eat a kale shake anyway, and you had a choice between cooked kale, which doesn't have the oxalic acid problem that leads to painful sex in women, uh, and a normal kale shake that's raw that does cause thyroid functions and all this, and you don't care, and they both take about the same amount of time to do, well, okay, why don't you do it the way that's better for you? Because it didn't cost you anything. You didn't have a strong preference. But if you're like, oh my God, I love raw kale shakes. Like, you know, they give me orgasms. Then you know <laughs> what? Have your shake. raw kale shakes. Have a double, right? Like, you know, make it, but it's still way better for you than a French fry shake, right? So it's perspective, it's matter, having perspective. It's a matter of degree, right? Yeah. So, it's same thing, you know, if pizza is, you know, the most important thing in your life, even though it's pretty far down on the Bulletproof diet because it's got, you know, gluten and casein and bad fats and whatever else, you know what, if it's really doing it for you on that one day a week when you're going to carb up, do it. And I'll tell you, here's the stuff to do to minimize the damage you're doing, knowing full well that you went into the red zone and you probably could have just surfed on the yellow zone and been just as happy. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's a big question for you? Like if you, if you could hack something. What's the thing that you haven't been able to hack? The one thing that I'm working on hacking, I wouldn't say I'm not able to do it, I just haven't done it yet, is I'm looking for the switch to turn off memory B cells. These are the things that make our meat react to things in our environment. In my case, I, I mean, I have a bunch of food allergies that came about from my time as a raw vegan and from you know, multiple mold exposures and from having had mercury and chronic fatigue and Lyme disease. And yes, I was bitten by a vampire bat believe it or not. And I've had full rabies <laughs> vaccines. What? Oh yeah. I'm the only guy ever to have been bitten by a vampire bat well in the US. <laughs> On the neck while I was sleeping. <laughs> all right, man. Oh my God. Okay. That's, <laughs> oh, all right. Man, that came out of left field. All right, go ahead. So you want to turn off your, your B cells so you stop. I, I want to make it possible for people to learn that they, or for people's cells to learn how to turn off uh, their allergies. So that means that if one of those foods that's kryptonite to you today, yeah. when when I'm done doing this to myself, when you figure out the mechanisms behind it, we'll be able to take people and say, you give us a list of your kryptonite, the things that your body reacts to without your permission and knowledge, and we are going to change the way your body reacts to those. And this is not a conscious thing. This is not a willpower thing. I don't even think this is a spiritual thing. I think this is a biological thing. And if there's a switch to turn it on, there's a switch to turn it off. And uh, I'm working with some very interesting people on unusual technologies to try and do that. When I'm done with this, I want to be able to walk into a house full of stacky botrys and not spend a week inflamed and foggy. And that's what happens to me today. Like I'm a canary for, for toxic mold. And it, frankly, it pisses me off. I'd rather it wasn't like that. So I'm going to fix it. Well, I wholeheartedly support you. My daughter has food allergies and it's a huge you know, strange, it can be just a worry, like, you know, being her age, being young. And what if she puts something in her mouth and we're not around for a few minutes? You know, it's just a, it's uh it could kill her. So what, what's one thing a guy could do today? If you, if he could only do one thing 
that would make a big, it'd be a step in this direction of really making an improvement. What would you recommend? Have one day where you feel like a great golden God and set that as your bar. And now people are going to say, I'm doing a pitch, whatever. (laughs) I'll just tell you. (laughs) You're doing a pitch. Go ahead. Have bulletproof coffee made the right way one time. It needs to have the brain octane oil, which provides the most brain fuel in the form of ketones because it converts in three steps instead of 26 steps for sugar. Put the grass-fed butter in there and make it with beans that don't have toxins that cause brain fog. When you do that, you blend it and you drink it. If you're like all those other people who come to the website, which is a lot of them, you will have this experience of zero food cravings, zero thoughts about food, and just limitless energy. And just remember how you feel about an hour and a half after you have that coffee and make that your bar for how you want to feel all the time. Because when, when are you going to make works. Starbucks your bitch and just have, have your own <laughs> store on every, on every corner? If, if it, you know, I'm like, wh- where do I get this stuff? Well, you know, it's all on Bulletproof Exact. I know, but I, I want to be able to, when yeah. I'm ro- ro- rocking down yeah. the road, just get it. Go, where go do you get, live? Get me some uh, Bulletproof coffee. I'm in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, well, I don't exactly know that I have plans in Wilmington right now, but I'll tell you, we're opening a store in LA. All right, good. And we're going to do a truck as well. That's pretty close to happening. So you'll be able to actually just get your Bulletproof coffee on a truck. And the reason that I want to do this isn't because I want people who are listening to this to go buy the coffee, although I'm grateful if you do. Uh, what I want people to do is turn their brain on all the way. And this this does that. The, the ketones that this generates, even if you're eating sugar and all that other stuff, make even you know, people who are in their 60s go, oh my God, I feel young again. Like it's rejuvenating. And once you have your prefrontal cortex running, you become more self-aware. You realize, look what the Labrador in my brain is doing to me. And I look, I didn't have road rage today. Like I didn't get pissed off at the kids when I came home and all three of them started talking to me at the same time and I didn't have a chance to take a breath. Whatever it is that's doing it to you, you have more control. I want people to have brains that work all the time because they're nicer to each other and they're nicer to me, they're nicer to my kids and they're nicer to everyone else. Like it's just a better deal. You're a genius, man. You, you, if you want to want to do one thing, come drink some great coffee. You make it uh, pretty easy. I like it. Um, what's the best way to learn about you? You've talked about some of the blogs. What's the what's the best place to to dive in into the bulletproof executive world? Uh, people can come to bulletproofexec.com, and I'd totally appreciate it if you went to bulletproofdietbook.com and downloaded the infographic there. I will ask you for your email address there. And the reason I'm doing that is that I'm working on a deal with a publisher for the first Bulletproof Diet book. And if you sign up to get that, I can show, look, here are people who are interested. And then the publishers feel safe about investing in a book like this. So uh, anyway, the infographic took many weeks to assemble. There's lots of research behind it. It's free. You can print it and put it on your fridge. And then people stole it, right? Uh, there was one <laughs> very, very popular health website who emailed me. The guy emailed me and said, hey, can I... Uh, I like I love your your infographic. It's amazing. Uh, can I use it on my site? And I said yes. And then two days later, he wrote back and said, "I'm going to go with the concept." And basically, like blatantly stole it. So um, fortunately, uh, when I posted his email to my blog <laughs> and the picture of his copy of my diet, um, uh, my followers um, really held him to task, and he uh, he pulled the blog post down instead of just linking back to my blog, which is all I asked when he when he did this. Yeah, I was a very small blog; no one had ever heard of of my work. Mm. So you know, his blog post had like a whole year's worth of traffic. See it? I'm like, why? <laughs> it's not necessary. Like you know, I link all over the place to people because you know we're all we're all on a mission here, and you know we're all trying to help other people. It's an so, interesting mindset, though. You know, like we could help a lot of people, or we could kind of just try and make me look good. 
And uh, yeah. <laughs> all I, right. I, I hope I don't turn into one of those. I, I've I spent a lot of time doing this 40 years of Zen program where you, uh, you, you basically in seven days do the same amount of meditation that you could do in 40 years of daily practice. Your brain is in the same state as someone who's done an advanced Zen practice. And I've done it five times. It's basically like five lifetimes worth. And so I, I really like to tell myself that I have enough awareness of my impact on myself and others that I wouldn't do something like that. But who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe I will. I'm sure working on not letting that happen. Well, we'll keep an eye on you, buddy. Thanks again. I, I appreciate you having me on your show. And I really appreciate you coming and talking today and, and you know, opening the curtain. Let us uh, see what drives you. And um yeah, I've learned a lot. I continue to learn a lot from you. I'm, I'm grateful for the work that you do, man. Thank you. Trip, I'm a fan too. Thank you for being on my show and uh, thanks for the work you're doing. I like it. There's so much more to The New Man than these interviews. So visit thenewmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.